Welcome to the 36 Questions. I'm Nick. And I'm Anna. And we're a married couple. We are married in real life. It's true. Not just in <laughs> podcast life. <laughs> and hey, we are too. Oh, we already have someone who is joining us on we the podcast. We haven't introduced you yet. So 36 <laughs> Questions is based on a psychological study by a psychologist named Arthur Aaron. He got a bunch of strangers in a room together and had them ask these questions to increase intimacy. And two of the participants ended up falling in love and getting married. Yeah. And it was uh, later popularized by the Modern Love Podcast or column in the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, there was an author named Mary Lee Catron who tried these questions and she also fell in love. So, yeah. And usually we would do this with strangers, but this season we are doing this with couples. So hopefully they're already in love and uh, they stay in love <laughs> by the end of the podcast. What if they're not in love yet? Oh my gosh. Uh, then I don't we'll, know. Uh, maybe we'll find out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, we're in love. <laughs> oh, oh no. they're in love. Okay. Yeah. So without further ado, we have Heather Apostolides. Hello. And we have Jesse Cervantes. Hello. And how did you two meet? Why you don't you first? go, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we met at a screenwriting class. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Um, I had been going for a long time and then I stopped going for a couple of years and decided to check it out again and I went and I saw this very cute girl and Heather was also there. <laughs> oh no! So, uh, oh. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, anyway. We're getting yeah. divorced. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was I knew the guy who, who ran the, the group and so he introduced me to Heather. She was there and you know I thought she was very cute. So I flirted a little bit and then what I think I text I I wrote to you he a message. Me, yes, he sent me an email, like an encouraging email about writing my screenplay, and then I wrote him back, and then I hadn't seen him for three months, and then I saw him again in class, and he asked me out to a movie so we could critique it, which I thought was really Ooh. sweet <laughs> because we're in a screenwriting class. Right. And uh, we ended up spending all day together. We went to, uh, before the movie, we ended up going to the Met, and then we went to... Who was what? that we saw? What was his name? Alexander McQueen. We saw the Alexander McQueen exhibit, who I never heard of. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was cool. So we were, way, awesome. we were with each other all day from like two in, in afternoon, the afternoon. Yeah. We met in front of the... And I, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 He's really nice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is actually we did, we, uh, we had a nice date. I thought it was very nice, actually. I liked her. And... Uh, but we had like an awkward kiss a little bit at the and end. And we fought. Um, and we had yes. our little bit of argument yes. too. And, we, so we were, and then at the end of the date, I just, I remember thinking, I really like her. I just want to be her friend. If nothing else, I definitely want to be her friend. Which was actually a little unusual for me personally. And for me, I never went out with somebody who made me smile the whole time. So oh. I was like, God, I hope I fall in love with him. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> and you guys, yeah. you guys recently got married recently-ish? A year and a half ago. Like a year. A year and a month or two. Yeah. Yeah. It was in June 25th of last year, 2016. Very cool. Yes. And what do you guys do for a living just to give people some context? So uh, I work in marketing at an accounting firm. It's very exciting. So on the side, I do stand-up comedy for fun. I do motion graphics and stuff. I work now for Comedy Central. I work for the President's Show. But I used to work for Dr. Oz for a few years. and uh, But now I'm into comedy, and that's really where, where I belong, I think. So hopefully I get to stay there for a while. Cool. Great. And well, here are the 36 questions. We <laughs> we'll cut that out. 
Question one. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Um, well, I guess Ben Franklin, you know. Ben Franklin's my hero. I love that guy. He's one of the great people on in the world to me. Uh, he was very funny. He was a great writer. He was very smart. He was inventive. And um, I just think he had a really, he worked to, most of his life. He really tried to strive to be a good person. And um, so I think it'd be wonderful to talk to him. Not just even in his time, but it would be really cool to talk to him now and blow his mind with the technology. A lot of it that comes from what he gave us. You know, well, electricity and the battery, stuff like that. Boy, I love you. He's, <laughs> so, he's such an intellect. He doesn't look it, but uh, I'm kidding. Mine would be, and I'm not an intellect, so I would go with the history of comedy and say Joan Rivers. And I did get to meet her a couple months before she passed away, and we had a great exchange, and I would love to sit down with her and talk to her some more. I, I played a joke on her, and... Uh, she played a joke back on me, and yeah, but I, I just, if I remember thinking, if I could sit down with George Clooney or Joan Rivers, it would be Joan Rivers every time. I think she's just, just a fabulous lady. She reminds me of my grandma, because she just tells it like it is, and... But you get the mock George Clooney through me, don't you, at some level? I guess so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going really well so far. <laughs> All right. Question two. Would you like to be famous in what way? I don't, you know what, when you're younger, I, you know, you think about it and dream about it. And as I get older, I don't think I could handle it because I have so much anxiety. I don't think I could take all of that pressure of being a celebrity. So I would now in my 40s say no. Also because it's not going to happen most likely. But I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I would say, I would say, no, I wouldn't want to take on all of that. Well, I think so, you'd be great if you did. You'd thanks, be very babe. funny if you were on some talk show. You do good on Andy Cohen. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> for me, uh, definitely when I was younger, I would have wanted it very badly. Probably to have been like a rock star or something, you know, making music and stuff. These days, um... Yeah, I still say sure, why not? But in the day, the way would be different. In this way, I think I'd be more. I think it'd be more fun to be famous in the way that somebody like, I don't know, um, Kurt Vonnegut, something like that. Like some people would know. I could still walk down the street, and nobody would know who I was, and I could go and do whatever I wanted. But I would have like some level of uh, affinity in a particular genre or thing that that I was good at and got some kind of acknowledgement for it. I think that'd feel nice. You're a celebrity in my eyes, babe. Aww. <laughs> Question three. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? Uh, generally speaking, no. I don't think ever. Except uh, recently when I was doing those interviews. I had to interview some people recently. I would never actually interviewed people uh, myself alone to for a job and I had to hire some people um, so uh, I did rehearse what I was going to say to them because I wanted to give them a good idea of what to expect in the position and w what I expected from them so in that case I definitely rehearsed but even when I was doing job interviews myself or anything like that I don't remember ever really doing that and certainly not having a phone conversation with you or anybody else in that way what about you uh 
I have in some cases at work or if I'm going to say no to somebody or decline something, I rehearse what I'm going to say in my, you know, head. Or Wait a minute, it, is that when you say I'm going to have a headache? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'll stick with your day job. Uh, I think more when if I have to call somebody up and apologize if there's like a loss in a family or someone's not well, like I worry about what I'm going to say, especially I don't want to leave too much on a answering machine, but especially on an answering machine if it's something big or like I, I want to come off like I I care, which I do most of the time. Um, you do all the time. A hundred percent of the time. Yes. I sort of maybe five percent of the time do that question number four what would constitute a perfect day for you i guess a perfect day would be uh god that's a great question i would say not worrying about anything and just being carefree and not having to go to work the next day. So weekends are always good. Vacations are good. But a perfect day would just be acknowledging that I'm really lucky, you know, to live where I live. I live in Manhattan, in, in Harlem with Jesse, with my husband. And that we have a great life, you know, and just to be like, I'm lucky, you know. And even if I'm not doing anything, just to feel that way is, is a perfect day. Aww. Yeah, it's true. It's really sweet. Anna's going to be doing a lot of Oz during the podcast. <laughs> you guys are really cute. Aww. Oh, my God. We should cut the Oz out. <laughs> cut all the Oz. We're going uh, no, to lose people with the Oz. Um, yeah, I guess like what you said, too. We actually have a lot of pretty close to perfect days these days. It sounds crazy, but it sounds silly in a way, but it's true. We're in a good spot. I guess a perfect day in a lot of ways is just... A day when I don't really have to do anything, but I could do whatever I feel like doing when the weather's nice and it's sunny out and, uh, you know, when I'm in a good mood, which is most of the time, I think. So um, that's a little generic, but I don't know what else I would say. I don't really need to be anywhere specific to have a good day. Question five. When did you last sing to yourself or to somebody else? <laughs> oh, oh God, you, you know, I sing all the time. I'm constantly, I sing all the time. I sing, I'll sing at work, I'll sing at home. I play guitar. I used to be a music teacher, so I just, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not shy. So I sing uh, to myself, I think yesterday while you were gone. I was sitting around the house with the guitar, playing, singing, I don't remember what. Are there any particular songs you sing? Um... It's just whatever I'm in the mood for. Sometimes it's just like I'll be playing a Spotify playlist and I'll just play along with whatever's on there. So I like to do blues songs. I like Buddy Holly. I like the Beatles. Heather knows I love the Beatles, so I'll play that a lot. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any, most any time to myself or mm -hmm. in front of other people. I don't really care. Well, I sing in the car, and I don't take my car out much. And Jesse has all the CDs in the CD player. And I, I lost... Uh, xm radio because i forgot to pay my bill so now i have to listen to the cds and it's mostly the beatles there was one mexican cd in there and there's track one that i love i don't even know the name Mariachi. Of it. and uh and a prince album which we've played over and over and then i forgot that the sixth cd is the soundtrack to once and i love glenn hansard 
who also I think plays um, what is it banjo. the banjo. And because Nick was talking about that earlier. Uh, and so I was singing in the car just the other day. I was yesterday. I was singing like at the top of my lungs <laughs> to, yeah. to once. And I thought, you know, what? sometimes when your phone goes off, I'm like, please, I hope my phone is not going off. And I'm like belting it out on the LIE, you know. When so. We were in the car the other day and I was playing help. And you said, do you ever get tired of the Beatles? I thought, oh, gosh. I'm getting to the point where I do play it. Maybe I'm pushing it too far, playing too much, but I do love listening to the Beatles. They always make me feel good. Question number six, Heather. If you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? You know what's funny? I think about that question. I think a lot of people are very sick in their minds at 30, you know, and some 30-year-olds have crappy bodies but i'm gonna just take it for a healthy mind or a healthy body and i'm gonna go with a healthy mind every time because you can't be happy if you don't have a healthy mind so and i don't know i don't know if i want to make it till 90 but if i do i'll take a 30 i'm partly mind. there stephen hawking happy <laughs> i don't know maybe i don't know if i had if like my grandmother has a is sharp she's really sharp she's 85 and so is my grand my grandfather was when he passed away still very sharp so if if it was taking the risk of what what my mind might be like then i would definitely take the body i'd rather be able to be mobile and be able to get out and move around and do stuff yeah however if it was if it was literally alzheimer's or i can't walk then i'd rather be able to think so i would say uh that's a dual answer if I could, if I if I was taking the if it was a bet, if I was just gonna make a bet right now, I would say keep the body. But it, wow. but it, but if I thought that uh, if I if I knew in advance that I would definitely deteriorate the body or definitely deteriorate the mind, then I would choose to keep the mind. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that a fair answer, Heather? It's a long answer, Jesse. Well, did I dance around it properly? A little bit. <laughs> I could always get plastic surgery. <laughs> Never. You guys are both correct. <laughs> <laughs> There's right and wrong answers here. Did you know? Oh, God. This one freaks me out. Question seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Ooh. Yeah, I guess so. I always thought I was going to die of a heart attack. I don't know. I get my, uh, my grandmother had one. My great-grandfather, who was named after me, had one. My grandfather had one. And uh, uh, most of my life, when I go to a doctor... Even when I was a kid, they would always check my heart twice. The first time they would say I had a, they thought I might have a palpitation or a murmur or something. And then they'd be like, oh, no, it's not there. So that's the only reason I don't do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason. Yeah, the only reason. Oh, I, I didn't but know I do, that. I do, I do bounce up on a lot of caffeine and coffee. But did anyone die of a heart attack? No one died of a heart attack. Uh, no, not exactly. Okay. Uh, my great-grandfather, who I was named after, did. Mm. But um, so if... I, if if I was gonna guess and it was going to be natural, I have air quotes right now. Natural <laughs> causes, then probably a heart attack. Okay. But um, who knows? Great. I'll be <laughs> up all night watching and breathe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I'm afraid of heights, uh, and I feel like maybe I would get pushed 
or fall Whoa. in some way. Well, sometimes, or even if we're in a car in Mexico and we're driving around or when we were in Greece and I said that I was nervous because I felt like we were going to fall off the edge. By the way, we were like 45 feet from the no, edge. No, and Jesse threw, instead of, you know, being concerned, he threw his hands off the steering wheel and I started <laughs> screaming and we got in a big fight on our honeymoon. And uh, so I have this fear that I'm going to fall off the edge. You stay away from the subway platform. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. <laughs> oh, I get mad at him. She yells at me whenever if I look down foot's to over see. Over the yellow line, I'm you know animate. We get into fights. Like I give him the stare down, and yeah, she gets very upset. And then we we'll have a, an argument over it. I love to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, fight. now I'm learning. Now I really am learning some new stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a coincidence. All right, number eight. Name three things you and your partner I appear to have in common. Well, uh, I guess we both love comedy. Uh, we both have, have a big, <laughs> big eyebrows. We both have big eyebrows. Uh, we have, uh, we're both very giving people. Aww. And uh, what do we have in common? We're both... Um, we both have a temper, I think, a little bit. Mm, okay. I don't know. Those are the three things that popped up. Yeah. I guess, or jumping off of that, I guess we're both in some ways slightly volatile at times, but I think we complement each other in that way, and we understand each other better because of it. And I think we're both very loving to other people and to each other. And three... Uh, like you're copying my answers was it can you come up with your own three babe? <laughs> okay <laughs> third one is eyebrows yeah <laughs> um the third one um i guess let's see what do we have in you know I, music yeah but our mu- taste in music is i would say completely um, almost totally different i don't think so you know i thought we both like uh alternative music Remember growing up? Nine Inch Nails, Depeche Mode. Okay, so we have have that then. We both like Depeche Mode. That's the third thing we appear to have in common. (laughs) Okay, question nine. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? You. Aw. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's really true. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, I would say you too, babe. I feel like I want to give a better answer, you know. Uh, What were you going to say before he said you? (laughs) Grateful. I actually am grateful for Jesse because I feel uh, that Jesse's pushed me to do more in my life than I would have done without him. Uh, He pushed me to do stand-up comedy, and I would never have done that before. And he has a lot of faith in me. And uh, so I am very grateful to have you in my life. We, he's uh, also pushed me to be more carefree. We don't plan much on our vacations. And I was a planner before. So I just kind of like to go with the flow and see what happens. And usually when we do that, we have a great time. I'll say just going backwards from that in the sense that you say that I push you a little bit. I think you stabilize me a little bit. So that I'm less reckless and a little bit more thoughtful about what I'm doing. And it's helped me a oh, great deal. I want to go back to one of my answers. When he said <laughs> that, uh, how I would die, sometimes I would say to Jesse, 
that just, you know, trying uh, to uh, bring them over to my side is going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to die. <laughs> this is what's going to kill me as I age. You're killing me. Number 10. <laughs> Ooh, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Uh, if I had to change anything, well, when you're younger and you're a product of divorce, things get darker uh, because you don't know better and things that your parents say, your grandparents say, you know, start to affect you in ways because you're younger. So I wish that I had, um, I, you know, I wish I could protect my younger self a little bit from the insecurities that I had from my parents getting divorced. That's a great answer. Um, yeah, I guess that would one way look as if like if I could go back in time and talk to myself, what would I say? But I guess if, if it was strictly about the way I was raised, maybe I didn't have a ton of uh, rules and regulations, and maybe I would have been a little bit more. I hate to say the word stable again. I guess I would have maybe made better choices at a younger age. I'd had a better work ethic. I have a pretty good work ethic now, but I didn't really, when I was younger, I didn't care much about much about anything, I think, in a lot of ways. So I just kind of, and I didn't really take responsibility for the anything that happened in my life. I would, wouldn't really look at why I'm the one that made it happen. So maybe I would just say, having been taught a little bit more about being responsible or having chores or something like that. I had some chores, but like really having repercussions for my actions might have been helpful. No offense, Ma. <laughs> Question 11. Take two minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. <laughs> well, I was born in 1973. My, uh, let's see, my mom and dad met at Disney World. <gasps> Yeah, my mom was a waitress at Disney World when it first opened, and my dad was a mariachi at the Contemporary Hotel. And uh, I guess he swept her off her feet and right into the bedroom. So I was born shortly after that. <laughs> Tell them about Elvis. Well, okay, my dad was also, like, my dad was, a, my dad was much older than my mom. My dad was in his uh, 40s. 40s. He's like my age, actually. He's like 44, and my mom was 20. <laughs> So he was much, so he already had a career and he had done a lot of like, uh, you know, he was like, he was, looked very Mexican. He had the look. So he was, and he was a handsome guy. So it was like, they would always pick him. So he was in Elvis movie as a mariachi and he was on the love boat and he was in a lot of <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek episodes, stuff like that. But anyway, um, yeah. So I was born in Orlando and then we moved to LA and I lived there till I was about five until my dad mariachi his way out the door. <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> and then we were right back to uh, Daytona Beach, where I pretty much grew up until I was 18. Then I joined the Marines, and I uh, did that for a couple years. And then I got out, and I was very lazy before I joined, but when I got out, I was less lazy. And I decided I did want to go to college after all. So then I went to Valencia in Orlando, Florida. And then I went to Florida State University in Tallahassee. And I got a degree in English with a minor in philosophy. And then I moved back, as someone would do, with an English degree and a minor in philosophy. I moved right back home and started waiting tables. And got uh, that lasted about a week, and I couldn't take it anymore. And so my 
cousin was asked me if I wanted to go to San Francisco, and I actually almost did that. But my aunt lived here in New York. You already know this. And then, but my cousin, um, as I was getting ready to go to San Francisco, I realized a couple weeks before I was going to do it that he was actually crashing on his cousin's apartment and had invited me to basically crash at a place where he was crashing. <laughs> so I got very nervous and, and I, he basically told me not to do it. So I came up to New York with like, I don't know, 30 bucks and a guitar in my poncho. suitcase yeah, and, a poncho. A Mexican poncho. <laughs> and my sombrero <laughs> and started singing on the subway no i just uh mm. i moved i i moved in with my aunt who lived in the village i stayed there for like i ended up staying for seven months tell them where you slept i slept i slept on the floor and like in a little railroad apartment it was basically the hallway and like 400 square feet yeah her whole yeah apartment. like a, and like a little three inch mattress but i didn't care i love new york i knew as soon as i got here that was it and then uh i became a school teacher and then I started uh, working. Then I met Heather shortly after, when I stopped Wait, teaching. What about your first wife, Jesse? Oh, yeah, we got married once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was married one time before, too. Uh, I'm like, we just yeah. over that. Well, I got the light. I knew I was out of time. <laughs> <laughs> you had me go off on my dad more than you wanted me to talk about me. <laughs> go ahead, Heath. Uh, wait, no, I want to know about yes. this lady. This is about <laughs> relationships, Jess. Oh, okay, so... You have um, to acknowledge. I, uh, I started dating her when I lived at Valencia when I was in Orlando, and then we actually went to Florida State at the same time. And I broke up with her when I, moved, when we, when I graduated. I moved to New York. And after about four or five months, we started kind of just communicating again. I think at that point, there were, we didn't even have text messaging, really. It was, this is like nine. This is probably 2000. So, but I, we had an email, so we were emailing a couple times, and then she came up for a visit, and she just, you know, we kind of hit it off, and that was it. So she moved up here, and we ended up getting married, and we were married for four years, actually, and it was during that time when I started teaching. We were living in Queens, and it just, you know, I mean, nothing uh, against my first wife, who was a wonderful person, was and still is, but... uh you know, there was it wasn't it wasn't the thing for me, and she, Heather gives me something that I I don't know if I could get Aww. from anybody else. I don't know. Heather Heather keeps me four on my years toes. after that. Yeah. I didn't break up the marriage. Yeah, so yeah, four years later I <laughs> met Heather. Yeah, so I had a little time of just being on my own and you know having a little fun in that way. But then when I met Heather, it was like uh, you know, I guess partly I was ready, and but also she, I don't know, she was just so funny. She made me laugh so much. I enjoyed talking to her. So, stuck. Oh, <laughs> Googly eyes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, you did a great job, Jesse. I feel the competition. And uh, so, I'm one of uh, six. I have four sisters and a brother and uh, two of my sisters are half-sisters. So my parents married, my dad um, born in Greece, my mom from Astoria, Queens. They met when um, my mom was like 13, my dad was 18 and they got married and uh, I'm a twin so I have a twin sister. And, uh, you know, we lived in Queens for a while and my parents separated and a really funny, it was not funny, but not to my dad. My mom ended up marrying her first boyfriend that she met like at 12 and he was like 13 or something like that. They went on one date and he worked in sanitation 
and he moved back to the neighborhood. And my grandmother hated my dad. She used to say, you dumb Greek and Hungarian. So she like really tried and split them up a little bit. My mom, uh, like much later in life said, you know, she'd been married twice and she was perfectly happy quilting. She was not a fan of marriage, I think. But uh, so, but my uh, dad, they got divorced. My mom, you know, remarried my stepfather. They had a daughter. So I have a half-sister, uh, Billy. Her name's Billy Rose. And she just had her first kid. And I have a half-sister on my dad's side who's 14. So my dad told me at 60 that he was going to have a baby with my stepmother, who was in her 40s, her late 40s. So I, my dad's had more lives than I have, you know, and I don't want, I don't want kids. Jesse kind of feels the same way. I think growing up in a family, being around like a ton of kids, being one of many kids and uh, is a lot. So I, I have never really thought I would never have them, but I just haven't had that desire. And um, I lived, you know, in the house, like till I was in my twenties, I, I went to Hofstra university. My sister and I went together. We shared a car and, uh, we love watching all the daytime, you know, talk shows and stuff. We love watching Ricky Lake. And one day I called in and I said, they said, do you want to do twin makeovers? And I said, Oh, that sounds awesome. So I called, I left one message with one phone and then it was, I was nervous and I called on another phone line and I did a whole act. Like it was probably my first stand up, you know, and leaving a message. I was like, listen, we, you know, we look the same. We drive the same car. We go to the same college. We, ha- we work at the same job. We need our own looks, Ricky, you know, help us. So we got the call and they said, listen, this show is not going to be about makeovers. It's going to be about rivals. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. So we ended up doing like a segment. It was like a dating game. So uh, we were on the show. It was funny. And I always knew I liked entertainment and I liked being in the spotlight. I like having fun and being silly. And I was the loud mouth. My grandma was a big mouth. We, we had to call her Ma because she didn't want to be called Grandma. And then um, I went to Hofstra. I ended up getting a degree in marketing and I wanted to do environmental science and realized as I was taking all of those uh you know, chemistry classes and stuff like that, geology that I was not prepared. And, um, and then I ended up getting a job in marketing, moving out on my own, lived on my own for eight years, had a lot of long-term relationships with people. And um, what happened? Oh, and then I met Jesse in the screenwriters class. I took the screenwriters class because my mom had passed away. My stepfather had, um, was very sick and the screenplay was a little bit of it was cathartic it was about it was a dark comedy and uh and that's what drove me to the screenwriters class was i just wanted to you know be around different people and be creative and get that out and then i met jesse and the time's up <laughs> <laughs> i had to tell that ricky lake story damn it that was like dual twins it was the the, the couple that they were doing were also twins they did, what was it, like a, I saw it, I just saw the video. They were MTV dancers. Yeah, they were MTV dancers who were twins. And can so I, can I still watch the show somewhere? Is it online? Somewhere? I have it, I have the VHS tape, and we have, uh, it's horrible, I mean. We should transfer and put on I have. I think I ta- I think I put it on that segment on YouTube. Yeah, she did, Heather actually did. I did recently, yeah, I taped she'll it. She'll send it to you guys. <laughs> I think I taped it on my phone and put it up on YouTube. No, it's right. really funny. All right, question 12. Here we go. 
If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? I was thinking about Ricky Lake. Can you ask me that one more time? I'm if kidding. you woke up tomorrow, you could have any quality or ability. What would it be? I would say if I could have a super sharp memory. I feel like my brain is getting fuzzier and fuzzier. And it's partially, I, it's due to maybe age. Partially, I feel like I was just saying before that my mom had passed away. And, and, I, and I really believe that I think it's so traumatic that a lot of things that happened around that time or even before the time are a little bit fuzzy to me. So I really try hard to remember, to remember things. I don't know. And I, I'm hard on myself if I don't. So I would love to have a super sharp memory. Is that lame? I don't know. No. Okay. Uh, how about eternal life? If I could have anything? <laughs> oh, can I go back? <laughs> I don't want to go back. Yeah, just stay, I'll stay right where I am. 44 is fine. I'll deal with it. Yeah, just leave me right here. I'll stay just like this for a millennia. Like the whole, it'll be molten lava coming around me. I mean, I'll have to burn up with the, with, when the sun crashes into the earth. I mean, I don't want to miss anything. So, yeah, I guess I would live forever. But I'd be a very good husband until you're gone, Heather, I promise. Oh, thanks, babe. (laughs) (laughs) Question 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about your life, oops, about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Wow. Crystal ball could tell me anything. What would I want to know? Um... I don't know. I guess. Oof. You know what? It sounds crazy, but actually, I not knowing is one of the most exciting things in life. I feel like if I knew, for example, when I was gonna die, it would just all I would, I would it would feel like some kind of pressure, like like a countdown clock or something. Um, I'm not sure what I would want to know. I guess I would maybe ask it if. Um, I don't know. Oh, I'd ask it the lottery numbers next week. That's very simple. That'd be, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I'd do. I'd ask what the lottery was next week. How's that sound? Sounds good. Yeah. Will you still <laughs> be married to me? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thanks, babe. I'd give you 65%. <laughs> I think that's more than your cut. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You deserve it. So I would ask uh, Bernie Sanders in 2020. <laughs> yeah. So I feel the same way that you do, Crystal Ball. Uh, well, how long is it going to take for Donald Trump to be impeached? <laughs> like, I'm hoping tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. That's very selfless of you to yeah. use your... Oh, our politics? Yeah. Just well, I don't know. Out, what would you do with that information, though? Once you I, knew. I guess a Crystal Ball would be maybe part... part I don't... I. I have so much anxiety. I don't want to know what's going to happen. I'm like, I can't. I can't handle it. Can't handle the truth. Let's see. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Have I dreamed of... Well, I am doing stand-up comedy, and I'm enjoying it, but I do feel like I could do more, and I don't push myself, and partly it's you know, work, partly it's laziness. And I really feel that Jesse and I are a really good couple when it comes to writing comedy. 
I do my best writing when I'm sitting next to him on the couch and we're riffing off of each other. So uh, I guess if I pushed myself more, I would push myself to do to do more comedy, to do more than I'm doing. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff. I'm trying to think. I don't really have a bucket list. I don't know. I'm trying, I mean, if I do, I've been trying to do most of the stuff on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I, if I wait, anything I haven't done yet. I always wanted. To, I always wanted to have a threesome. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, the reason I haven't is because. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I think kung fu. Heather was saying. Uh, Heather suggested. And I think that's a good answer. I always want to be a black belt, and I always want to learn martial arts. I always want to be like a really good martial artist. I want to be able to like fight like Jackie Chan or something. So, and the reason I haven't done it, partly, I guess, when I was younger, I was just too scared, or I didn't have the money. And now the reason I'm kind of doing it, I'm taking classes, but I don't do it as much as I could or should, I guess, because I also like watching TV. Question 15. Sure. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Mm. Don't say me. Say okay. something else. <laughs> uh, I feel most proud about when I was a school teacher, probably. Uh, I was a music teacher, and when I started the school, it was a... Well, I don't know. I, uh, I'll just say it was a failing school when I started. When I stopped working there, it was not a failing school anymore. And I feel like it had partly to do with uh, bringing music into the building, bringing arts into the building. When we first started teaching at the school, it was in a very bad shape. And there was no arts. There was nothing. There was no PE. There was nothing. And uh, over time, I was able to build a program. And by the end, we even had one of the state assemblymen's or, or some i don't remember exactly who they actually even built a uh they built a playground and on, on the lawn partly because we had garnered enough interest in the community because of the band the band was very good we had an elementary school rock band and they were a really good band they were they were fifth and sixth graders who were playing like led zeppelin and the beatles and stuff like that and it felt really good that's probably the the most proud i feel of something that I didn't expect to happen, and it did happen. Mm-hmm. I've been around with Jesse around New York City, the movies, or in the grocery store, and some of the kids will be working there, and they'll go, Mr. C, Mr. C, and they'll give him a hug, and I'm so proud, I am so proud of you when I meet your students, because now they're 18, 19 years old. Yeah, in college, I know, it's crazy. Yeah. So I don't have that kind of grand, you know, <laughs> with the children. I guess my biggest accomplishment was, uh, I guess, working on the Bernie campaign, Bernie Sanders campaign, and uh, putting a couple of fundraise comedy shows together, one um, on Wall Street before the New York primary, and then one in New Jersey before the New Jersey primary. And uh, I was ecstatic we raised money but also we were able to get a uh, european news channel i think they were from sweden or something and they came they contacted me and they wanted to do a whole story so we had them there and it was funny it was great watching the comics being interviewed and they were cursing and they're like no it's okay to curse on the news which they uh put on the news they did put on the the news yeah and i was so excited so uh I was just wish Bernie that was really was there. cool. <laughs> yeah, Heather really inspired me during the during the last year too. She got me out doing all kinds of stuff, which I would have no, I wouldn't have done it. But I mean, I was glad to do it. I was interested in it, but I wouldn't have actually done it except Heather got me out the door. Uh, 
Um, cool. What do you value most? Okay, question number 16. How, what do you value most in a friendship? I would say honesty. I like when people are honest. I'm blunt. So i rather just people tell me to my face, own it. I'm kidding. I'm trying to be a housewife, a real housewife <laughs> of Beverly Hills. So I would say honesty is the best for me. Yeah, I agree. That was one of that is one of the things that I love about you most. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You're very, very honest. Babe. Well, it's, it's true. Answer the question for yourself. That's, <laughs> that's my answer. Okay. I think the most important thing is to be able to trust somebody, and I trust you. I said honest, oh, honesty, trust. That's okay. That was my second choice. All right. Question 17. What is your most treasured memory? I don't know. I'm trying. To th- I don't know. I do have you want a lot. me to go first? Yeah, why don't you go first? Yeah, you go first this time. I would say I loved as a kid having tea and coffee. I was too young to have coffee around the table with my mom and my grandmother and my sisters. And I miss that. So I treasure that the most. Just having, you know, girl time and... You know, just talking and eating dessert and going through my mom and my grandma's jewelry and not knowing that one day it would be left for us. Like at the time we were playing with it. And, but that's not, I don't miss the jewelry. I just miss the conversation and us kind of being girls. All right. Well, I'll go back to childhood too then. Okay. I remember uh, my happiest memories all have to do uh, Christmas time was the best time. Uh, when I was a kid we would go to granddaddy's house uh, Nina and granddaddy had a big Christmas tree and we'd go there and be like stacks of presents wrapped around the tree and and the whole family was there all the cousins and me and my brothers and my mom and my stepdad and Christmas Eve was just the best night of the year every single year they were really really fun uh, it was just cool and to be around everybody and everybody being in a good mood being happy didn't you like write your own music or something? Or... <laughs> we would do like uh, we would do like uh, talent talent shows. Again, I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> we would have talent shows every year with the uh, with the kids. Um, a, a once or twice, I think I maybe wrote a song. It was just like a silly song about Christmas or something. But I don't remember any. any I don't really remember it now. But I remember doing it. I remember that happening. That was all part of it. Yeah. Ooh. Number 18. <laughs> what is your most terrible memory? Oh, oh I don't want to cry. I guess my most terrible memory was finding out that my mom had cancer. And that was horrible. And I, you know what was horrible? Knowing that she might have it. I think knowing that it could be, I already in my mind, you know, prepared myself that it was. So I just remember my mom telling me that, and I remember walking into the bathroom and grabbing the towels and shoving them in my mouth and, like, screaming in the towels. That's, like, my worst. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, but it's the worst uh, Uh, memory. uh, One that sticks out for me, I think. (laughs) Well, one was kind of... one was a little more funny, I guess, now. But the one that was a little sad was when I was probably, I guess I was in seventh grade, middle school. 
and I had friends that I was friends with since fifth grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, and sixth grade, and we would ride our bikes to school together. And one morning they called me, and I to to go ride bikes, and I went rode my bike to my to to his house. And as I was coming around the corner of his house, I could see they had already left, and they had done it on purpose. But I'll tell you another terrible memory. <laughs> yeah, it was, go ahead. It was the, the very. It was the next year. It was the first day of school. We were very. I was very poor growing up. Heather knows this. So this one year, my mom bought me a shirt, uh, like a ten dollars shirt, and it was the most expensive shirt I had ever had. And it was not cotton. It was cotton, but it was like the hard cotton. Mm-hmm. It's not like a t-shirt. Um, and I was a little chubby. So I sat down in class on the first day of school and Falco had just come out with the song Rock Me Amadeus and I was a big fan of Falco. So I'd slicked my hair back. Mm-hmm. I was wearing this shirt that was a low cut V-neck yeah. and it was tight. And I had boy titties. And the, and the <laughs> teacher said something about like, uh, <laughs> something about me looking like a girl or something. <laughs> oh, no. And I couldn't believe it. I, didn't, I wanted to burn that shirt. I went home and went, tried to... <laughs> I got rid of the shirt. I was, never, I was afraid to ever wear it again. I never slicked my hair back. Yeah, I thought I was looking handsome and debonair, but I guess I was looking more like a derriere. Like a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I love this. More about death. Great. Question 19. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are living now? And if that, why? <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, on some level, no, no. I think at this moment I'd keep doing exactly what I'm doing because I'm very happy in a lot of ways, happier than maybe I've ever been. But uh, I would probably, in the next three months, like I would probably quit my job and just for the last nine months or so, just I don't know, travel or something, just do something mm-hmm. else, just get out, just explore the world a little bit more until yeah. I ran out of money. And I, I think about that question because uh, last week I lost one of my best friends and she was uh, 66 and she had been very sick and she was in now the hospital and she said to me, I don't know why I stayed home so much. And I said, you love your home, like you're comfortable there, you know, and I think about that and if I had a year, I would quit my job, like most people say, but I would quit my job and I would travel more and I would probably go back to uh, Mexico with Jesse. We love Oaxaca, Mexico. We love the beaches there. So I probably would rent out one of those huts and chill and sit by the beach and stare death in the face. Yeah, swim to the rocks. Yes. Oh, and I almost drowned <laughs> at the same beach we're talking about. Jesse had me as, right before he proposed. This is a funny story. The day that he proposed to me, and it, he wanted to be romantic, and he told me to swim towards the rocks. I didn't say swim towards you the rocks. You said come with me. I said swim around the rocks. Well, whatever. So I followed <laughs> him, and I got pulled in the water. The current was swooshing, and I couldn't like, get out. It was a little bit of, like a washing machine. Yeah, it was, it was bad. The current, it wasn't just being in the undertow, because it was hitting the rocks. It was more dangerous. And I remember thinking, I'm going to die. And I kept looking at the beach going, I just want to go to the sand, you know. And then Jesse said to me, even though he got me in that predicament because I followed him, he said, Heather, just stop fighting it and just like lay back and let it just 
throw you back into the, you know, back at the beach. And then that's what it did. And the minute I got on the beach, Jesse made sure I was okay. And then he darted back in the well, water. I should have mentioned I was butt naked. Oh, yeah. You're a nude it, beach. It was an, I was yeah, not. So. I had my bathing suit on. <laughs> <laughs> But but I remember thinking I'm sitting there. I'm like, here I am. I almost drowned. And a lot of people, there are hundreds of people that drown in that very spot every year. Like it's a hundreds. Yes, we'll look it up. We'll Google it later. Our neighbor even said something. She goes, "Oh, you went to." I mean, one every three days. We'll talk after the program. Just (laughs) okay. Oops, sorry. Hundreds, by the way, that was that was a plural. So. Okay. Heather's looking at me like someone. Someone almost drowned there hours after we it did. It is true. And I went to the guy to talk to him after, you know. And he said, you know, I saw a couple drowning in that same spot. And I said that was us, you know. And <laughs> but he didn't think. He thought probably I'm a girl. I'm not a strong swimmer. But that later that day they had oh, the waiter slash lifeguard swam it's out true. and saved the guy's life. But I asked her to marry me that very day. I, and I had to say yes because I was And she did. Give, she gave me a speech, though. I did. About not, I said, don't ever, ever do that again. Yeah, don't have me swim to the house. <laughs> Keep me safe. Keep me Wait, safe. Is that what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to just, like, lay back and let the water... Well, I was In that to case, do... I could tell yeah. that the current... There was enough if we... if you, I could tell if you kind of just let yourself float a little bit higher on the top part the yes. water was the top current was pushing towards the shore so that's I all feel i did that. was just i grew up on the beach so i had maybe had a little bit of a sense for it i don't know but i, could, I was trying to do the backstroke it was just not yeah working it was very scary question 20 yes speaking of scary oh no what does friendship mean to you um <sighs> I guess friendship means to me is being a loyal friend and being there for somebody through everything, through good times and bad times. Keep smiling. (laughs) Keep smiling. (laughs) So uh, like with my one friend who I was just telling you guys about, she was always there for me. And I would, you know, just I could tell her anything, call her up at any time. And um you know, we know what people say is that you, you know, you don't have to see them every day to feel like you're friends, but it's just someone that has your back and that that's there to help you, and vice versa, and like family, someone that you choose to be family. Yeah, I agree with that. Someone you can trust, someone you can uh, count on when you need them, and someone who can count on you. So, is that too brief? Okay. Question 21. What roles do you love affection play in your life? What roles do love and affection play in your life? Oh, well, now they play a big role because that's what we have a lot of, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So now it's a big part of my life and it's an important part of my life. Mm -hmm. Something I maybe I didn't even realize how much... I wanted it or needed it until we got, maybe even until we got married. I don't know. But uh, but it's great. We snuggle up a lot and we hold each other a lot. <laughs> we do. Spoon. Yeah, we do, really. I like, you know, Heather wraps, like, will wrap her legs around me almost like a tree root sometimes. <laughs> a lot, you know. And it's nice. I actually like it. And we'll just lay in bed next to each other and whatever, talk or do separate things. We'll have our legs intertwined and stuff. Sometimes our dog. Yeah, is sometimes the dog us. too. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the dog is the handmaid. You know, like 
was like, oh, Alice. She's probably like, what's happening? I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. So I am very affectionate. And my grandma would say, I love love. So I love love, too. Me, three. 22. Hmm, okay. Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. You're honest. You're witty. <laughs> You're very funny. You're a great writer. Ah, uh, you are an excellent cook. You're an amazing musician. Ah, uh, you are very kind to lots of people. You are a jack of all traits, except for um, with the toolbox, not so much. <laughs> you can do everything. All right. You, you no, can no. Ha- hang a painting, though. Okay. And finally, well, you're just adorable. Aw, thanks, babe. Uh, oh, that's fine. I, oh, I didn't say anything. Oh, the fifth one? Oh, fifth? I don't no, know. I didn't do my fifth one. I But um, should we pause? <laughs> should we do it over? She needs no, a little more time. The fifth one, I would say that you're, I could, you're very loving. Aw. Yeah. Okay. Question 23. How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? Um, as a child, definitely, we were, I think I had a very happy childhood. Like I said, uh, we didn't have much money, that's for sure, but we definitely had a lot of love. So that def- that made it more than worth it. The the family dynamic when we were kids, my grandfather was very much a patriarch and he was the glue that held the family together and he was a kind, funny, charming, uh hardworking, just all positives. He never said a curse word in his entire life. He didn't drink. He was just a great guy and he was very, very funny. So uh it, childhood was great. Um, you know, as we got older, I think a lot of us, me and my brothers, we've moved to different areas in a lot of ways, and we probably don't talk as much. So uh, over time, uh, maybe it's not quite as warm and fuzzy, but it's we definitely have a strong connection. So like I had my nieces and nephews up here, you know, and you know how I am with your family. So, you know, it's pretty good. But tell me about yours. Hmm. <laughs> Well, I was talking about my parents' divorce, but I would say that I grew up in a very loving and warm home. And I think when a couple stays together for the wrong reasons, like I felt more love when my parents split up because um, my grandma moved into our house in our basement, which we had renovated. So I had like two moms and... Uh, you know, just being, I had a big family, a lot. My stepdad was so funny, so nice. He would take us fishing all the time and we'd go to the pool and uh, he had a boat, he had a motorcycle. We just, we had a lot of fun growing up, going to a new school. Um, and then my dad went, bought a house up in the Poconos and he brought us up there on the weekends so we could spend more time with him. And he taught me how to drive. He taught me how to cook. My mom was nervous too. So she would teach, but not, my dad was more carefree. Like he'd throw the keys, like drive my car, uh, you know, do whatever you want, cook whatever you want. So I felt very loved and, uh, 
But there's been, you know, like I said before, you know, when you get older, too, what Jesse was saying, that everyone kind of goes in their own directions. But we do get together. You guys are pretty close. Yeah. Just yesterday, I was with two of my sisters and my nephew, and we had fun. We walked through. My sister lives in Babylon Village. We walked around the village with the baby. And she was like, can you believe I have a baby? <laughs> How cute is my baby? I'm like, it's cute. He's cute. He's cute. He is very cute. <laughs> very cute kid. Number 24. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Well, so I'll make this brief. My mom was, you know, everyone loves their mom. I had a great relationship with her, so that I don't have it anymore. She would have been 70 uh, just last week. So I think about that. And sometimes I was telling a friend of mine that, you know, as your parents get older, you worry about them passing. And since my mom has passed away, you know, I'm almost a little now relieved that I don't have to worry about it any, you know, it's kind of bizarre, but I think about her all the time. Um, you know, I, I have a good relationship with my mom. We talk every mm -hmm. couple weeks, I guess. Yeah. yeah we even have a, a small business together. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What we, kind of business? We have real estate. So we had a couple of properties, which I have to really thank her for because she didn't need to pull me in. She's, she's let me buy into it, and she does most of the work. Because they're in Florida. One's in Florida, and one's in Virginia. We just sold the one in Virginia. But, um, yeah, we talk a lot, and we stay in touch, and I guess we're going to see each other at Thanksgiving. So we've always had a, a good relationship, me and my mom. <laughs> Question 25. Make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room feeling... Oh, me first. Okay. We are both in love with each other. No, we did. The podcast did it. <laughs> um, we are both really happy to be here. Uh, That's true. Thank you, Anna and Nick. Thanks, <laughs> uh, we are both uh, into comedy. And now I go? Or is that three? Or do we yeah. do... I can go again. Three each. Okay, three each. Uh, we are both slightly overweight at this moment. <laughs> right, babe? Yes. I would say in some ways we are both slightly unstable. That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, we should have stopped. We <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, uh, we are both spontaneous. Yeah, definitely. And we are both willing to work and listen to each other. Okay. We got through it. <laughs> Here's another one, Heather. Okay. No, 26. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share... A seafood dish with. I'm kidding. <laughs> Jesse doesn't like to eat seafood. I That's don't good. either. <laughs> We're like mirror images. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Mex I'm half Mexican. Anna's Mexican. Heather's Greek. Nick is Greek. So it's like we're each other's. We're on each side. Yeah, right? we're like the bizarro of each other's. <laughs> They're both in the comedy in their own ways. I'm the husband. I work for a comedy show. She's the wife. She works for a comedy show. Babe, you're not the announcer. I'm just saying. <laughs> we just. It's like it's funny. Right. I'm going on and on and on. Oh, I wish I had some. I could share. Um, Wait, did you grow up on the beach and he didn't like seafood? Right. 
Isn't that wild? Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. Not yet, unless I put like tons of butter and cut it up and blend it or something. If you ever want to go out and get <gasps> some fish we or found, some sushi. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heather actually got me to eat some fish when we were in you uh, like on vacation tuna. a couple Remember weeks we ago. Yeah, it was good. Tuna we, steak. We went was, to Turks and Caicos and he, yeah, it was he ate good. a lot of tuna. I actually did. It was very good. I wish I had someone I could share. Uh, uh, share is such a funny word. I could share. Uh, <laughs> hmm, yeah, I don't know. My weed with. <laughs> I don't like to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the cops are listening, <laughs> oh, it's legal in New York now in oh, your yeah. own house. So, oh, is it? Yeah, up to an ounce. Okay. We have a huge cop demographic that listen to we our have, podcast. So. Oh, boy, well, don't tell them my address. <laughs> <laughs> Just cops are listening. Yeah. I would love it. if you're a cop. Can you reach out to us and tell us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Wait. Give us the specifics. This is worded weird for a couple, but here's twenty-seven. Okay. 27, if you were going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. I guess when you guys were first... Oh, me first, okay. When you guys were first dating, were they like, here's what you need to know if you're going to date me? A little Mm -hmm. bit. I will say that when we first started, when we first moved in together, I think... um, Now, I've Uh, mentioned that I smoke pot, and I do, and I'm not embarrassed about it or anything... Um, I have a good job and I have for years and I've been smoking for years, but I, uh, it was still a little bit of a stigma, I think for Heather at first. And it was funny because when she first tried to lay the gauntlet a little bit on me, I was like, hold on a second. We've been talking on the phone for like an hour every night for like a year, (laughs) you know, like, what did you think? I was just, (laughs) I was stoned the whole time. Like we, (laughs) like you should, this is like, you've known me for a year now. You either like me or you don't. This is how I am. This is where it was the way I live. My, I will say that um, I used to drink a lot more too, and and uh, probably did smoke a lot more too. And Heather's like like when I say she stabilized me in a lot of ways, she's got me like off the plateau a little bit, like where I don't get hang like I'm not getting hangovers, I'm not getting drunk, I'm not getting I'm not even getting out of my mind. I, I and even when I if I do smoke if I do happen to go I usually don't even go in public anymore when I'm like that but if I do <laughs> it's very light and I just you know and also I just feel like I'm I'm more relaxed with her around anyway so it's not really a big deal but that was something that at first was a little bit of a problem 28 tell your partner what you like about them be very honest this time saying things you might not say to someone you've just met <laughs> I think that you are Two things. One, I think that you have a natural skill at sort of reading people and understanding them in a way that I don't, that helps me out a lot. You can get a sense of when people are feeling uncomfortable, like when I say things like what I just did, (laughs) that I would be completely oblivious to. And secondarily, you have a very carefree kind of spontaneity that uh, I, part of why I think you're so funny because you just sometimes say whatever's on your mind, but also like even when you're just, just dancing around the house or something, uh, just sporadically, and it just makes me laugh and makes me feel good. I 
I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, there's so many things that I like about you and love about you. So the first thing is that you push me to you push me to do more with myself. Or and you push us to do more together. Like I don't know. Like you don't like sitting on the couch and watching TV, which we we do like to do, but you like to go out and and you know I don't like my answer. <laughs> Can we cut that part out? Okay, okay. I really I want it to be. It's sounding okay. So we're gonna okay. One of the things that I like. <laughs> one of the things I like most about you, Jesse, is that he's very talented. We do so many fun projects together. He, he's always pushing himself, even when he's not being paid to do it. Like, he loves what he does. He's self-taught. You're a self-taught musician. You know, he brought music to the classroom, and he didn't even take a music class, you know. And um, you are an amazing graphic artist and he never, he's self-taught with that as well. So I'm just so blown away that you teach yourself. You take online classes to learn. You'll watch programs with people that are training you to be better skilled in anything. And even with Kung Fu, you watch Kung Fu movies and you're like a green belt now or yeah. I, I'm just so proud of you in that way that that you do all these things and you include me in them too. Like he he's entered some contests for um, short commercials and short films, and, uh, and you know and I had so much fun making them with him. And he's he's won some of them and some of them he hasn't, but he loves just doing it, even if five people see it, you know. And I think that's such an amazing quality. So I just think that you're very talented. And also I think that you're extremely smart and a lot of people don't realize that about you because you're not pretentious. But you're really smart and I'm so blown away that, you know, of all that you know and how much you love to read and how much I like to watch reality TV on the couch. (laughs) Okay. Question 29. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Oh, but not too embarrassing. Yeah, really. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Uh, I mentioned a couple, so I'll try to I'll see if I can think of something else that was very embarrassing. Um, oh, yeah. This happened kind of recently. This is a little bit, maybe, but... It, uh, oh, two things. Uh, one time, uh, <laughs> the first time Heather ever saw me sing in public. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, my God. Well, that's our both embarrassing. <laughs> that was both of our most embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I was... Uh, I went... Oh, can I help with this one? Okay, go ahead. You I go loved first? watching. Uh, I there was this uh, Chicago song that I loved that they played on Sex in the City. If you leave, if you leave me, me now. now, wait, wait. What's the song called? Uh, I don't know. Girl, baby, baby, please, please don't, don't go. One of those. Songs. Baby, please don't go. Something. Yeah, like baby, that. please don't go. And Jesse was performing, and I said I love that song, and he performed it, and you could tell him what happened. Basically, well, I, <laughs> the the long, the backstory from my end was that I was I was going to this place and they had asked me to make like a fundraising video for them, so I was there ostensibly to film and to do some interviews with some of the other performers, but I had also performed there for a number of years prior to that, but I hadn't done it in a long time, and uh, it was kind of a one of these coffee houses, a little pretentious, 
And so I went up, and it was around Valentine's Day, and I said something to the fact of, I'm going to play this song, the greatest love song ever written. And I started playing it, and I could just see everybody glaze over completely, like I was a, an asshole for daring to play that cheesy song at, in their beautiful coffee house. So, And also, I will say, also, I was, I, was, I was a little bit nervous, and I was messing up. But instead of just trying... When I saw everybody, yeah, yeah, and Heather had never seen me perform live before. She had never heard me play or sing before. But I was so annoyed that I actually just got worse and worse on, and purpose. Wor- on purpose. So that by the end, I was just, I was kind of screaming and completely out of tune and, and I playing was, the wrong chords. And I was videotaping And Heather it, was videotaping Because he was it. videotaping the other performers. So when he went up, he was doing that and I'm holding it. And like sweat is dripping off my back. <laughs> like I'm so embarrassed. I was like, I could. I was, I was, I was worried too. for you. And then I was like, can we both like duck out of here? Part of that is that? exactly what I'm talking about. When I say she stabilizes me. That's the kind of thing I would do more often back then, which is just sabot- complete sabotage. and total sabotage. If I didn't like what I was seeing or if I didn't like what was going on, I would just, I mean, burn, just crash and burn completely. And I really didn't care personally, but I. I, I know I embarrassed Heather a little bit, and she was embarrassed for me. Uh, so that was that was kind of a funny and embarrassing moment. What did you say to me afterwards? You you like you considered ending it or something? <laughs> <laughs> we were still new in the relationship. Yeah, we were still was relatively new in yeah. the relationship. Number twenty, <laughs> number thirty, Heather. Final stretch. Okay. When did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? Okay, that happens every day. <laughs> so I guess the last time was, uh, you know, I like I said, my friend had passed away, and I, um, you know, having to tell a couple of our friends and just process it. So that's last week was the last time I really cried, but then I cried twenty minutes ago silently <laughs> talking about my mom, but. I I actually almost cried on Thursday by myself. It was weird. Uh, first of all, I'm not a cry. I've, this is not a, it's not a normal activity for me on any level. But I, was, I had a really great week at work. And uh, on Thursday night, we, ha- we had a show. And then at the end of the show taping, the room kind of cleared out. And I was in there by myself for like, uh, for like 30 seconds. And it was almost, it was a, it was a relief and an excitement. I just got promoted, so I was in a new position. So I had my first week where I was kind of like in charge of some stuff. And uh, it felt really, really good, but it was such an emotional, it was like, uh, I'm in a spot right now where it's like so, kind of almost like in a dream position. Like I'm, I'm working, well, I'll just say it, I, I work now at, a, at the Colbert, the original, what used to be the Colbert Report, who Stephen Colbert was like a great hero of mine for a number of years. And I even watched the original Daily Show. And now the show that I'm at now is in that same studio. So being in that place was is, is a big deal for me personally. It's almost like a museum of comedy in a way. I feel like it's a church in some level. And then for me to be promoted into a high-level position, kind of, and then to have a good week and everything, when everybody left, it was like a, an emotional wash kind of came over me. And I almost felt like I was going to cry for a second. I didn't, mm. but... Uh, but for like just a second, it was like almost there. But crying in front of somebody, I remember now uh, one time <laughs> when oh. I was in the Marines. Oh. Uh, with, uh, we were, I was in uh, Tennessee with Andy Gump. And uh, 
uh, he was my buddy from high school, and we went to the base theater. I think we were both 19 years old, and we saw My Girl. It was the only movie playing at the theater at the time. And I remember at the end of the movie, both of us, you know, kind of like glancing at each other, not really daring, but both of us looking. We were both crying. (laughs) (laughs) And Andy said, uh, my brain sprung a leak. He said it was funny. And we were laughing about that. But yeah, I did cry in front of you another time too. Our wedding day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, when Heather came out uh, in her dress. Yeah. I that was uh that was a yeah it was man they only asked when the last time you cried babe yeah well in front of somebody that was the last time I cried in front of somebody oh, it was okay. in front of you and everybody else I guess how long did that that was for like what ten seconds maybe but it happened I saw her and she looked great she was beautiful and the, I saw her in a dress and she had the mariachis we had mariachis walking her down the street mm. it was lovely okay <laughs> I got washed over for a second next to the question is thirty two. Question number 32. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? I guess there's nothing that's... I agree completely. If it's funny, then it's yeah. okay. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is... And Absolutely that's what makes... Ever. Uh, dark, how you gonna, Yeah, how you light, live. You right? can't laugh at anything. Yeah, you gotta be able to laugh. Question 33. Oh, God, more death. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told anyone? Why haven't you told them yet? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, can you think of anything for me? I don't know. I don't feel like I've been too standoffish with no, much we're both open books like i yeah. it's almost too um too, i overshare <laughs> yeah i guess i would just if i just want to sort of if i could make a quick phone call to everybody in my family just say hey love you i guess that was it really i don't think i have any regrets next <laughs> okay that's good yeah a great answer number 34 your house apartment containing everything you own catches fire after saving your loved ones and pets you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item what would it be and why i would think maybe my mom and my grandma's jewelry (laughs) i would say not i have their kitchen table in one of our back rooms that we just had to make work because I used to hide under it when I was little. So I didn't want to say the table because I'd be <laughs> like, that would be impossible. But I would want to grab, I guess, some of that. But the true answer is I wouldn't want to grab anything, really. Um, All right, you grab my computer. No, <laughs> I'm grabbing your computer. Oh, you know what I would grab? Maybe like a photograph of my mom. You know, one that's already framed, I could just kind of grab that. I would have thought, I actually thought my computer at first, because it's got, like, everything I've done in the last... Don't you have it backed up? Not really. I mean, the backup drives are there. It's all Uh. there. But you know what? It would be the guitar, the Cervantes guitar, the one from Augustine. Oh, yeah, your... And his uncle who um, made this guitar, and 
what's fun it's not funny but you know he's older so he couldn't give him a new one of the newer guitars because he said that his hands he has arthritis so he wanted to give him one of his finer guitars that he made like 20 years ago it, or more. more than that he made it in 1980 so um so jesse has that and we got to see him when we were in la a couple of christmases ago and yeah, we just recently and found out that he passed he away passed away a few months ago so so we're glad that it's one of a kind for sure i get the feeling anna would grab her backup drives a hundred percent all my drives <laughs> it's your life's work right yeah At some point. 35 of all the people in your family whose death would you find most disturbing and why for me i mean i would say you uh, of course outside of that though um any of the nieces and nephews just because they're mm-hmm. kids yeah for me, I would say the most disturbing would be my twin sister, just because she's a part of me, and it would be, I don't want to start crying my eyes out, but yeah, we're like one of the same, you know? And of course, any of the kids find that most disturbing. Yeah. The last question is also a little odd for couples, but we'll give it a shot. All right. Okay. Number 36. Oh, we're here. <laughs> Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. A problem that I have that you could help me with or that I could use some advice on. It's so funny because we talk every single day. We talk so much about everything. I thought of something too. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So I had said earlier how I write better when we write together. I really feel that when we work together as a team that, like, I don't know, it works It works well with, I, work, I can't even speak English. It works well for me to have you be like my partner in crime and work with me on it or just listening to me. I know when I first started doing comedy too, you were – like a my cheerleader and you he would sit on the bed and he had a microphone set up and everything and I would perform for him and I miss that I miss that because like something would just you know come from me or come from him but it made my comedy better I think so you you want to write more and you think I could help a little bit helping you write a little bit more yes it just pumped me up. So, like, today we went to the park, and we both brought our notebooks, and we wrote. But we didn't bounce them off of each other. So I wish that we would set aside time, maybe, like, every week, and just have the person sit there and just bounce ideas off of them. And that would be fun, right? <laughs> if we had, for me, to help yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that sounds fine. That would I don't be, mind. That would be fun. Yeah, I like that. Okay. All right. And for me... I guess I would like to, you know, maybe you could like uh, encourage me to exercise a little bit more, I guess. That's something I was talking about earlier. It actually is on my mind a little bit. You know, I have so much reserve energy. If it doesn't go anywhere, it could get silly. So maybe you push, sort of talk me into, when I say I don't feel like it, maybe you just talk me into doing it or something and we live across the street from a park yeah. so we have the track yeah we there's, oppor- go, there's the ample we, opportunity that's remember for sure we would run the track together 
Yeah. Oh, we did. That I like went twice times. with you. <laughs> I think I went four times. Yeah. We should do that, Jesse, now in the fall, if All you right. want. And now you get out of work earlier. That's true. Okay. Is that a date? Well, I like to do it in the morning, though. Oh, I, don't, I don't like doing it in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, well, we'll figure well, it we'll, out. Yeah, we'll have to. <laughs> All right. Well, you are done with the 36 questions. Yay. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. But there's still one more step left. Okay. Yeah. This was part of the psychological test. So what Arthur and had them do at the very end was uh, stare at each other for four minutes. And the reason he did that is uh, even when you're in a long relationship, uh, I think a lot of times you forget to look at each other's eyes or when you're speaking, you, you don't really look at people. Uh, so this is kind of getting to a place of intimacy for the end of the podcast. Yeah. So we're going to have you stare at each other for four minutes and you cannot talk. Uh, you don't have to hold your breath though a lot some people uh. some people have but that's not good um and then for people listening i'm gonna cut all this out but they are guaranteed gonna stare at each other in, in the eyes for four minutes so there's not gonna be four minutes of dead air yeah mm-hmm. ready right. ready and go Yay. You did it. That was easy. I can't stop staring. <laughs> <laughs> How was it staring into each other's eyes for that long? It was easy. It was comforting. Yeah. You feel like you do it a lot. Anyway. We do look each other in the eyes a lot. Isn't it weird? Do you ever look into someone's eyes and then you're like, am I looking into both of them at the <laughs> same time? Or is one eye, am I like focusing on one eye or both my eyes hitting there? It was, uh, I was, I felt like it was a big hug. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Mm. Remember we used to get in the fights and I would tell you I wouldn't look you in the eye because then I would, that would diffuse it too fast. And then I <laughs> pushed my face. She, yeah, she could, she could, she could get away with anything and she looked me in the eye and I would calm down. But then I'd be mad that I calmed down because I was supposed to still be mad. <laughs> so how did you feel about doing the 36 questions? It was a lot easier It was than nice. I yeah. Yeah. I think looking at all the questions beforehand was intimidating and then I didn't want to look at them. And then I thought, oh my God, we're coming here. I'm not going to be prepared. <laughs> but I felt, I felt like I gave. Yeah, I think you're pretty, yeah, you're pretty straight. Both of us. Did yeah. you learn anything new about each other that you didn't know before? Um, a little, I mean, Heather was. I didn't know about San Francisco. Oh, you didn't? That or I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know that it was San Francisco cuz you always talk about you always wanted to go to New York. So Yeah. You never talked about San Francisco. That was actually yeah, that was my first choice back then. It's a but, great place. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> You've never been to San Francisco. No, right? I never even been. I still we should been go there. to San Francisco. But I, I Heather's like uh Heather was very sweet. I think that you said really nice things and made me feel good. Are these questions that you've asked each other before that have come up before? Um, have they, Heather? I don't think so. Maybe like a little maybe. bit. Yeah, like some of the more abstract questions I'm sure we've discussed in some way, shape, or form. But not like, but, have you ever thought about how you would die? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I, because I would remember if you said heart attack, because now I'm going to watch what you eat. I'm going to oh, cut all the yeah, butter. And yeah. the, we had bacon this morning, Joseph. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, that's why I want exercise. Yeah. We just eat pork at a Cuban restaurant <laughs> yeah. and the fat on this thing. Fried pork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess one last thing. If you want to plug anything. Yeah, as a thank you for being on the podcast, you can plug anything you want. Go ahead, Heather. 
you go, Jess. Okay, so I'll plug for Heather. Go ahead, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Heather has a comedy show called The Real Bitches of Comedy at Sylvana in Harlem once a month. And Next show is September 23rd. It's a very good show. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. It's a great show. She uh, showcases a lot of great female comedians, which I think a lot more venues should do. And also feature male comics, and Nick was on the show, so we did a great job. I did great. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Anything else you want to plug, Jesse? Nah, I mean, uh, you know, nah, I got a Facebook page. Jesse Comedy, at Jesse Comedy on Twitter and whatever. Awesome. Instagram. So if you're listening to this podcast, how do you get to be on the show? Funny you would ask. There's many different ways, but uh, you can go to our website at 36qpodcast.com or email us directly at 36qpodcast at gmail.com. And if you downloaded the podcast on iTunes, maybe you'd like to leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and thank only you so positive much. reviews. Yeah, only <laughs> positive reviews. Thank you for the people that have left reviews already. They mean a lot to us. Awesome. And thanks for being here, you guys. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Thank you. Yeah, yeah this it was, was great. great.